January 1st. Our reading in the Old Testament today is right there at the very beginning of it all. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We'll go through chapter 2, verse 25. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, we are conscious every day of the visible world around us. We need to remember that this world speaks to us of God, His existence, His wisdom, and His power. God creates here in Genesis 1. Everything begins with God and fulfills His purposes for His glory. He works by the power of His Word, the same Word that can work in our lives. God divides. He separated the light from the darkness, the dry land from the waters, and the waters above from the waters beneath. The principle of separation is basic in all the Bible. He separated Abraham from Ur, the nation of Israel from the Gentiles, his church from the world. He wants his people today to be separated from all that defiles. And God blesses. The first man and woman were the only part of creation especially blessed by God. Because we are created in the image of God, we're different from the other creatures God has made. And we must be careful how we treat one another. Sin has marred that divine image. One day, all true believers will bear the image of Christ. The more we are like Christ, the more we will enjoy His blessing. With that, let's begin today's reading here in the Old Testament. January 1st, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 2, verse 25. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was empty, a formless mass cloaked in darkness, and the Spirit of God was hovering over its surface. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that it was good. Then He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness night. Together, these made up one day. And God said, Let there be space between the waters, to separate water from water. And so it was. God made this space to separate the waters above from the waters below. And God called the space sky. This happened on the second day. And God said, Let the waters beneath the sky be gathered into one place, so dry ground may appear. And so it was. God named the dry ground land, and the water seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land burst forth with every sort of grass and seed-bearing plant, and let there be trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. The seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And so it was. The land was filled with seed-bearing plants and trees, and their seeds produced plants and trees of like kind. And God saw that it was good. This all happened on the third day. And God said, Let bright lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. They will be signs to mark off the seasons, the days, and the years. Let their light shine down upon the earth. And so it was.
For God made two great lights, the sun and the moon, to shine down upon the earth. The greater one, the sun, presides during the day. The lesser one, the moon, presides through the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the heavens to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. This all happened on the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures, and every sort of fish and every kind of bird. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Let the fish multiply and fill the oceans. Let the birds increase and fill the earth. This all happened on the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth every kind of animal, livestock, small animals, and wildlife. And so it was. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to reproduce more of its own kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make people in our image to be like ourselves. They will be masters over all life, the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the livestock, wild animals and small animals. So God created people in His own image. God patterned them after Himself. Male and female, He created them. God blessed them and told them, Multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Be masters over the fish and birds and all the animals. And God said, Look, I have given you the seed-bearing plants throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given all the grasses and other green plants to the animals and birds for their food. And so it was. Then God looked over all He had made, and He saw that it was excellent in every way. This all happened on the sixth day. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, having finished his task, God rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from his work of creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, there were no plants or grain growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not sent any rain, and no one was there to cultivate the soil. But water came up out of the ground and watered all the land. And the Lord God formed a man's body from the dust of the ground and breathed into it the breath of life, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there He placed the man He had created. And the Lord God planted all sorts of trees in the garden, beautiful trees that produced delicious fruit. At the center of the garden He placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil.
A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden, and then dividing into four branches. One of these branches is the Pishon, which flows around the entire land of Havilah, where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin and onyx stone are also found there. The second branch is the Gihon, which flows around the entire land of Cush. The third branch is the Tigris, which flows to the east of Ashur. The fourth branch is the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and care for it. But the Lord God gave him this warning. You may freely eat any fruit in the garden, except fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of its fruit, you will surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a companion who will help him. So the Lord God formed from the soil every kind of animal and bird. He brought them to Adam to see what he would call them, and Adam chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, birds, and wild animals. But still there was no companion suitable for him. So the Lord God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. He took one of Adam's ribs and closed up the place from which he had taken it. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and brought her to Adam. At last! Adam exclaimed, She is part of my own flesh and bone. She will be called woman, because she was taken out of a man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, although Adam and his wife were both naked, neither of them felt any shame. January 1st. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, we begin right at the very beginning of the New Testament, the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 1. We'll go through chapter 2, verse 12. Here's an overview. Matthew means gift of God. He was a Jewish tax collector who obeyed Christ's call and became one of the original twelve apostles. His given name was Levi. While writing especially for the Jews, Matthew proves that Jesus Christ is the Son of David, the Messiah, the rightful heir to David's throne. Matthew's Gospel stands first in the New Testament as the perfect bridge between the Old Covenant and the New, Israel and the Church, prophecy and fulfillment. Here in chapter 1, we'll read about uh, the fact that it's a special book. The Old Testament is the book of the genealogy of Adam, but the New Testament is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. In fact, the genealogy of Jesus Christ is the last one given in the Bible. Here and in Luke chapter 3, as we'll see later, the important thing is not your first birth, but your second birth. We'll read about a special providence. What may be to some readers a boring list of difficult names is actually the record of God's working throughout the ages to bring His Son to earth. 
God ruled and overruled and fulfilled His great promises. In the same way, He will keep His promises and send Jesus back again. We'll read about a special child. The birth of Jesus was different from every other birth. He was conceived by the Spirit in Mary's womb and born with a sinless nature. He is God with us, Emmanuel. And He's also God like us because He took our nature and entered into human life and experience. What a wonderful Savior. And now, let's begin reading here in the New Testament. January 1st, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 2, verse 12. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of King David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah. Their mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab. Amminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. His mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed. His mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon. His mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asaph. Asaph was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amos. Amos was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiachin and his brothers, born at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiachin was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abihud. Abihud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Akim. Akim was the father of Elihud. Elihud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Mathan. Mathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah. All those listed above include fourteen generations from Abraham to King David, and fourteen from David's time to the Babylonian exile, and fourteen from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Now this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, he fell asleep. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph! Son of David, the angel said, 
Do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea, during the reign of King Herod. About that time some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their question, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law. Where did the prophets say the Messiah would be born? he asked them. In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod sent a private message to the wise men, asking them to come see him. At this meeting he learned the exact time when they first saw the star. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. Once again the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were, and they fell down before him and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way, because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Psalm chapter 1 Verses 1 through 6. Here's an overview of Psalms. This book, of course, is the hymnal of the Bible. The word psalm comes from a Greek word that means a poem sung to musical accompaniment. Many psalms were sung in the Jewish temple, and the New Testament church also uses psalms in worship. Some of the church's hymns and praise songs today are based on these inspired poems. The psalms express man's praise to God for who he is and what he does. They also express man's need of God in times of trial and his confidence that God will help. You'll find in the Psalms a full range of human emotions, from ecstatic joy to despair and contrition. You will also find a revelation of God that brings comfort and encouragement when you trust Him. Here in Psalm chapter 1, which we'll be reading in just a moment, we'll read about blessing. God enjoys blessing your life, but you must be blessable. That means having discernment, avoiding the steps that lead to sin, considering sin, that is walking, contemplating sin, standing, 
being comfortable in sin, sitting. Uh, watch that first step. Blessing involves delight. The Word guides your walk and rejoices your heart. Meditation is to your inner person what digestion is to your body. You make the Word a part of your life and you grow. Blessing involves dependence. Your spiritual roots go deep into the resources of God's grace. And you bear fruit because His life is at work in you. We'll read about perishing as well. How tragic that anyone is perishing when Jesus offers abundant life. Contrast tree and chaff. If you want to see the difference between the godly and the ungodly. The godly receive blessing, but the ungodly receive judgment. You see, the psalm starts with blessed and ends with perish. And the choice is yours. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with scoffers. But they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night they think about His law. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither, and in all they do they prosper. But this is not true of the wicked. They are like worthless chaff, scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. The purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline, and to help them understand wise sayings. Through these Proverbs, people will receive instruction in discipline, good conduct, and doing what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will make the simple-minded clever. They will give knowledge and purpose to young people. Let those who are wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. And let those who understand receive guidance by exploring the depth of meaning in these Proverbs, parables, wise sayings, and riddles. Proverbs 1 